Hi, my name is Edmond Senanulochu. This morning we are going to deal with constitutional evolution and the constitutional law. We want to look at the constitutional evolution from the 1800s up to 1956. A very interesting story. From the 1800s, the Crown of England sent their companies, some of which were the HBC. The HBC company was a crown company that came to the shores of West Africa in the 1800s. Before then, they were doing slavery. But the companies now administered the colonies or the protectorates of the British crown from this West African land on behalf of the crown. Now, the companies were operating in forts. They built houses, big, big houses on the shores and lived in them. them and that is where they administered their trade from. So they got elephant tasks, they got gold, they got diamond, bauxite, they got wood, they got slaves. More importantly, they took our people to work in, in farmland in the West Indies, Brazil, in England to be slaves. Some were killed, some were used like animals on the farm. Now, in May 1821, a legal instrument was enacted to dissolve the administration of these companies. Because one, the British felt they needed to accede their own power, authority on these protectorates. So the result was the, the direct rule of the settlement uh, that these companies were, were looking after. Now, it was the our, our the 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 settlements was Ghana or the Gold Coast, Sierra Leone and Nigeria, and these were all put into one: Ghana, the Gold Coast, Sierra Leone, and then Nigeria. Then the headquarters was in Sierra Leone, and until 1830, where um, Sierra Leone was taken away and then the gold coast and nigeria remained together okay now in 1824 captain george mclean came to the to the gold coast because he was sent by the crown because mccarthy who was governor then was killed in the battle of insamanko and so captain mclean came in 1824 and what it did was to abolish the slavery and also to take away the the companies the administration of the companies now the coastal chiefs were not happy one because they were going to lose revenue uh, from they got from the, 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 the slave trade and two because uh, McLean sort of extended access to British justice to areas are, uh, beyond the fort. Then the merchants also refused to pay ground rent. And so the people were not happy. The local chiefs were not happy. 
So in 1843, the the crown heard of this complaint of these chiefs, and then uh, an investigation was carried out. Then it was found that the assumption of the control of areas beyond the British holdings was irregular because they were supposed to administer from the forts and areas just around the fort but they assumed control of certain areas beyond British holdings irregularly now another finding of that that investigation was that the British government should take over from the merchants completely because the merchants were still operating trading okay then they should regularize their holding by holding treaties um, of friendship with the local people so this is what happened there were two acts that were passed in 1843 after the investigation the foreign jurisdictions act which um, allowed the british government to assume direct rule over the people so we know that one of the the complaints or the findings of the investigation was that the british should take over the merchants so the foreign jurisdictions act allowed the british to assume direct rule then the british settlement act was also enacted in 1843 between 1843 and 1844 now 11 treaties were signed by the chiefs of the coastal states with uh, lord governor commander hill between 1843 and 1844 then they put all those treaties into a composite document and it was signed by eight Fanti and other coastal chiefs. And this became the bond of 1844. Now, what is the bond, the effect of the bond of 1844? Now, it was to regularize British jurisdiction beyond the forts and settlements. We know that the, the complaints of the chiefs and the, the subsequent investigation was that the British uh, as control of areas beyond the forts was irregular. So the bond of 1844 regularized the British jurisdiction beyond the forts and settlements. Now, the second effect of the Bond of 1844 was the abolition of barbarous and obnoxious practices like pioneering and human sacrifice. Okay. Then the third one was that they adopted customary law, but they repealed aspects of it that were repugnant to good conscience and natural justice. The fourth one was that they respected traditional authority and individual property rights. And faith was the extension of access to British justice on serious offenses such as murder and robberies. Now, what the British Settlement Act established a legislative and executive council in 1850 in the Gold Coast. Because once they came to settle here, they needed to have an executive arm and an arm that was to make laws okay so in 1850 they they established the legislative and executive councils so they were the the this this was um, reduced to the forts the castles and adjoining settlements that the british um, fomented their control over then in 1853, 
the Supreme Court in the Gold Coast was established. So the first Supreme Court ordinance was established in 1853, was enacted in 1853. And that was done by the Privy Council in, a, in Britain. Okay. Now, formal colonization. How did they formally colonize us? The Gold Coast colony was um, formally set up in July 1874. That is the coastal areas. They, f- they formalized that colony. And the coastal areas they refer to as colony. So from Keta all the way to Axim. Keta to Adan to Accra to um, um, all the to all the way to Axim, they formalized that. That was in 1874. And so then at that time, they, 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 they separated the Gold Coast from Sierra Leone, you know, and it was it remained uh, the just Nigeria and Ghana, okay? And then later on, they also separated Gold Coast from Nigeria and then remained just Ghana. Now, they separated Ghana or the Gold Coast um, into three parts, the Western, Eastern, and then the Central Provinces. So, after 1853, they abolished the Supreme Court again. Then, they came back in 1876 and then um, uh, enacted another Supreme Court ordinance to establish the the Supreme Court to to adjudicate over cases. Now the Ashantis were very stubborn. They fought a lot of battles with the British, but in 1901 they were subjugated. Okay, then an order in council declared Ashanti a colony, um, but it was administered from the Gold Coast colony, and that was the coastal areas. Okay, so an order in council. Um, proclaimed a formal protectorate over all territories in the northern areas and if you remember very well we said it was in 1851 the northern areas was in 1851 the uh, the transvolta togoland was in uh, um, the the northern areas was in 1951 1951 the transvolta togoland was in 1956 then the gold, the the, col- the colony was in 1874, but Ashanti, the Ashantis, after subjugated in uh, being subjugated in 1901, they were being administered from the colony from 1901. But in 1947, they were established as a, a formalized colony. Okay, but what we need to know is that the territory of the the Transvaal Togoland was ceded from the the German-French influence in 1922 and the plebiscite of 1956 was what brought them together um, with the other protectorates in the Gold Coast. So there was no Ghana until the Transvolta Togoland and the North came together with a colony in Asante. And then in 1957, we became Ghana, right? Now, from then on, um, they started enacting constitutions to govern the colonies. So, in 1916, we had the Clifford Constitution. 
Then in 1925, we have to take note of all the dates of the constitutions. 1916, the Clifford Constitution. 1925, the Gagisberg Constitution. Now, the Gagisberg Constitution was one of the most um, formalized and most uh, 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 essential at the time because it introdu- introduced uh, electoral representatives um, into the... Uh, it introduced um, elected representatives into the, the, the council, the native council. And, and gave greater representation to the chiefs. Okay, so then the chiefs they formed the provincial council of chiefs, and then the joint provincial council of chiefs, we became the national, which is our national house of chiefs now. So, and and then they also had the Aboriginal Protection Rights Aborigin Aboriginal Rights Protection Society, and. and to, that's the 1935 Gagisberg Constitution. Our Aboriginal Rights Protection Society is like uh, those indigents, their rights are before the British came, how it was supposed to be protected. They form a society to, to, to protect it. And also how the party, the National Congress of British West Africa was their party, even though it was it had no opposition. Now, after 1925, the Burns Constitution of 1946 was introduced. So it introduced a representative government for both the colony and Asante. So um, in 1946, we had the first time there was majority of Africans in the Legislative Council since 1850 that they started uh, the, the Executive and Legislative Councils. There were no African majorities. It was in 1946 Ben's constitution that they had African majority because they saw that um, these people are more than us and they, the people were started speaking. And so um, they included the members of from the Asante into this uh, legislative council. And unless you had you, you owed allegiance to the Asante Hine, they, they wouldn't add you. And so they, they, they did that. Then, so the Legislative Council was now changed to representative, representative legislature. And, and so they also said that in, 19, in 1946 Burns Constitution, if you, were, you didn't have property above 200 pounds, you wouldn't be part of the Legislative Council or legislative representative legislature. Okay, so that was a property franchise in 1946 that they put on people. Now, from 1946 downwards to 1948, do you remember the 1948 riot? Yeah. Now, what happened was that there were boycotts of European businesses, and this was instituted by the Osu Alata Manche. He started it. They boycotted European businesses and they didn't want to do, do trade business with them. And this was all instigated at the background by Nkrumah and his people. So they formed the UGCC, the United Gold Coast Convention, and then the CPP, the CPP came out of the UGCC. Nkrumah broke off um, from the, the UGCC and declared positive action in 1949. And then they started with the battle slogans. They were, they, they started agitating 
Nkrumah and his people very seriously. And that was when Nkrumah was put into prison in 1951. Now, the formation of the Watson Committee was to investigate the disturbances from 1946 to 1948. Uh, the Watson Committee described the 1946 Benz Constitution as at modest at birth. And so what happened was that the government then set up a CUSI Kut- a committee to implement the report of the the Watson Commission or, or the Watson Committee. So the CUSI the Kuti com- committee says that um, they needed a new constitution to govern the people. So in 1951, there was a Kusi constitution. After the Benz constitution of 1946, Kusi constitution of 1951. So uh, the protesters were given uh, proper representation in the legislature, and then the, the legislative representative leg- legislature was renamed to Legislative Assembly. Then you see that because there were just majority of Africans, but there were not many. There were 84. Um, there were 75. But it, then what happened? The Kusi Constitution increased the number to 84. And during the Kusi Constitution, also the the streamlined local government made it into sectors. Uh, but this was also rejected by Nkrumah and his people. And Nkrumah described the Kusi constitution as bogus and fraudulent. And then he was arrested and put into jail. Well, when he was arrested, he came out. He was um, elected as prime minister. And then in 1954, Nkrumah had his own constitution, the Nkrumah constitution of 1954. So we've talked about the Clifford constitution of 1916 the Gagisberg Constitution of 1925, the Benz Constitution of 1946, the Kusi Constitution of 1951. Now we are the Nkrumah Constitution of 1954. Now, Nkrumah was very smart. Oxford graduate, a brandtier who knew what he wanted. He now executed the government in such a way that he created three arms of government, the executive, the legislature, and the judiciary. Then he installed a cabinet system. The cabinet system, according to our constitution, are a section of ministers that are seminal to general policy. They sit with the president and they administer the country. So they only they advise the president on general policy. And they are selected by the president. Okay, so Nkrumah installed the cabinet system. And then he enlarged the legislative assembly to 104. And from one o four, from eighty four to one o four, okay, and then he he uh, the the chief justice and the according to Nkrumah, Nkrumah's constitution was appointed by the governor in constitution with the the prime minister, okay. Now after this, what happened? There was uh, agitations, and then we had uh, our independence. Then in nineteen fifty seven. And then um, Nkrumah became the president, executive president, both head of government and then head of state. Now there were many, many, many parties that came to be formed. One was the National Liberation Movement, NLM. 
the Northern People's Party (NPP), the Togo. It's not this MPP that we have now. The MPP came out from the UP, but this is the Northern People's Party, the Togoland Congress Party (TCP), the Gamashi People Party, the Gamashi Party as a GMP, and the Muslim Association Party. So we see that all these things they are based on ethnic and sectorial lines. The Gamashi people, the Gamashi Party, the Togoland Congress Party. The Northern People's Party, the Muslim Association, so Muslim sector, then tribes. So what was happening at the time was that the country was in turmoil. They wanted to understand how to govern and the structure that the, the, the government should be in, the state of the government. Now, people were fighting whether we should have a bicameral system where parliament, we are two parliaments, where the chiefs are there, then we have MPs or whether we should have a unitary or federal government. And so there were uh, debates. And the principal protagonists were the NLM. The NLM, the National Liberation Movement, was in Kumasi. And these people wanted federalism. They wanted the government to be. And I think that the reason why they wanted federalism was because of the gold and the huge resources that they needed. So if it was a federal state, then they'll have their own governor to govern over their resources. And I think that, in my own opinion, that was smart. And uh, so the debates became so violent that CPP members who were fighting for unitary government had to run away from Kumasi and come in seek refuge in Accra. So now the colonial government said, what is happening to these people? Then they appointed selected members of the Legislative Assembly. And they, they took Sir Frederick Bourne to advise on the question, okay, within the selected members. So Sir Frederick Bourne and the selected members went to Achimota for a conference. And then uh, they had their own thing. Now, what was the, the finding of the Bonds report? Bond is B-O-U-R-N-E, Bond. It said the country was too small for federalism. And that uh, even though there was a genuine concern for devolution of power, uh, we needed to take our steps, uh, slow steps to do so. And then... Uh, the the opposition which was the nlm boycotted this redress what they wanted to do the conference that they had boycotted it they didn't come but the debate was won by the cpp so ghana became a unitary state because we're too big anyway for federalism now the 1957 independent constitution um it also adopted, so after Nkrumah's constitution of 1954, 1957, when we had our, our independence, we had a constitution. It adopted uh, Nkrumah's cabinet system, but it was described as monarchical because the queen was still in parliament. Okay, so uh, and was still ruling with. Um, um, the, the the president, though she was not uh, uh, really part of government, um, she was still there. Okay, so it was not contained in one single document. Also, 
and real executive power was in the uh, the prime minister and the cabinet so if the the queen operated the country through governor generals but the governor generals uh, um, actions were subject to the wishes of the majority in the national assembly okay so they also had a legislative branch so for the first time they introduced the word parliament and it was made up of the queen and then the national assembly so the limitations were also placed on the legislative powers of government okay um they at that time during the independence, they had only the court of appeal and the high court okay so at independence um, and we also had waka um, but so waka was before 1957 before um, independence before independence we had the high court then we had waka then we have the judicial council of the, the judicial committee of the privy council the judicial committee of the privy, privy council that was before independence okay then after independence we had only the, the court of appeal and then the high court so the waka which is the west african court west african court of appeal was replaced by the court by the court of appeal they removed the waka and replaced it with the court of appeal then they removed the judicial committee of the privy council also so we're left with only the high court and then the court of appeal then so the privy council also was removed in, in uh, uh, after we became a republic in 1960 um, so even though waka was removed the privy council was still adjudicating over cases in ghana and so until we became a republic a sovereign state um, they were still there now so we will stop here and continue with the 1960 republican constitution onwards with another voice note